Welcome to the Connector Podcast, an ongoing conversation connecting fintechs, banks, and regulators worldwide. Join CEO and founder Cohen van der Hoydonk as you learn more about the latest available trends and solutions in the markets. This episode is proudly sponsored by Fintech Belgium, the digital finance association by and for fintechs. Live from the Digital Finance Summit 2022. A warm welcome to everyone to our podcast channel here at the Digital Finance Summit in Brussels. And we not only have Belgian people around today, but we also have people from abroad. And therefore, I'm very pleased, very happy to have Andres in front of me coming all the way from Hungary. Can you maybe introduce yourself a little bit, Andres? Yes. Hi, Kuhn. And hi, everybody. Um, yeah, I'm the founder and CEO of Ergomania Digital Product Design. We are a UX agency uh, providing UX, UI and service design services for fintechs and banks and financial institutions. And we are operating for 10 years all over Europe, even on overseas market like US, Singapore, Brazil, Senegal. Cool. So very, very international. So what do you like about the Belgian market? I like in the Belgian market that it's very open and international. So like uh, it's a kind of mixture of different languages and cultures and it makes it more flexible and more open for new solutions. And uh, the people are very curious. Mm-hmm. And um, I like it what is uh, that they are organized, they have a plan, they know how to proceed, but they keep the flexibility. So if the, the, the context or the situation changes, they can adopt and uh, they can go on. I, I like that. It, and for this reason, it's very easy to work with Belgian people. And that's why you're a regular visitor to the uh, FinTech Belgian community. Absolutely. That's one of the reasons. And that's a real pleasure, Andres. That's a real pleasure. You say that um, UX and UI is different. And we talked about it by coincidence yesterday evening. But maybe you can, ex- can you explain to the audience what is the difference? So once and for all, everyone knows what is the difference. Yes, uh, it's very easy to mix up the two things because they are connected. And traditionally, uh, both of the... Professions were covered by the same people, usually kind of designers. Mm-hmm. Nowadays, also, we have product designers who are covering both of the professions, more on the UX side, but dealing with UI as well. UX design mostly focusing on the structure and functional logic of applications and software. So basically, it's, I could say as an example that it's something like what an architect is doing uh, mm-hmm. in the process of building an office building. So understanding the users, understanding the business needs, developing uh, the flows and making high-level structural plans for the, for the application or the software mm-hmm. and also testing that applications that whether they meet the user expectations and, and the business aspects also, but mm-hmm. it's pretty important. UI is more focusing on that to uh, create branding for that solutions or update the branding and to make uh, those solutions up to date and meeting the expectation, visual expectations of the user. So basically like UX is focusing on streamlined, uh, painless um, working mechanisms and, mm-hmm. and giving pleasure in the process. Meanwhile, UI is generating trust. So it makes the application and solution trustful. 
or recognizable to the brand. Yes, awesome. Yeah. All right. Um, well, super interesting. But what strikes me is that, um, well, it's nice that you have a UX UI agency, but specialized in fintech and finance and banking. Are we then so special? Um, yes, I think um, most of the cases we are applying similar methodologies. So if you are developing an e-commerce website or a telecommunication mm -hmm. solution, you're using usually the same methods, but with different proportions. Of course, there are some edge cases. If you are designing a game, you use a little bit different methodologies than, than, than for a fintech solution. But I think what is important, the, the knowledge of the industry, the standards, the best practices, the, the logic behind. So I think it speeds up really uh, development of fintech solutions if you, if you really know how those things are working. So you, if you have a crypto project, you should not start from the, hey guys, there is something called blockchain and it's so cool and it works like this and this and this. And they ask 600 questions and they always make mistakes. If you have a specialized team, they don't ask these questions and they focus on to, to make your solution the best and not just kind of average and understanding your needs. So that's the difference, I think. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Well, um, well, you just came in into our little room here and uh, there was a very nice book that you brought. Can you explain a bit more about the book itself? Because I think that's where you get the mustard from, right? That's where you get the knowledge from. Yes, uh, I think in our case, uh, like every company is working on to make some profit uh, that they could work further and, um, and pay their employees and, and uh, founders and blah, blah. But we find it very important to give back to the community where we feel mm -hmm. that we belong. So we think that if you want to belong to the fintech community, you have to give not just great projects, but knowledge and uh, share information and uh, motivate those people. And uh, we are doing several activities. So we have memberships in different fintech associations. We are organizing meetups around design and fintech. Mm -hmm. But uh, our latest initiative was this book. And this book was uh, basically created um, to, to share the views of 50 fintech leaders and bankers about the fintech scene of Europe from mm -hmm. 15 countries. And we think that if we give this book to the community, we help uh, them to talk with each other, to understand each other. And uh, leaders of different um, fintech companies to, to cooperate in different countries as well. So, so we, like, uh, we would like to help those people to have a kind of higher level of cooperation, not just within countries, but overarching. Mm -hmm. I heard you talking uh, just a few minutes ago with uh, somebody from the Belgium industry. And I liked your introduction. I was not listening, no GDPR issues, but I was overhearing. And, and you said, um, what is nice about the book is that it's been divided into countries. And, and yeah, I like that idea that you said, if you go to a conference or you need people, you meet people from another country, you can basically get a snapshot of what's happening. Yes, it's exactly, I think... Um So we are not covering all the European countries, but 15 we are covering, starting from Spain to Bulgaria to Norway, uh, Switzerland, and so on. I could uh, endlessly um, repeat those. But uh, it's really like from each country we have three interviews, uh, and the interview participants are usually kind of 
randomly selected from the industry. So some of them are national bankers, bankers, design leaders, uh, leading small or very successful fintechs. So mm -hmm. they give like a kind of snapshot what's happening around them. And also they are mentioning other companies. So they are not just talking about their own companies, but they are sharing their views about their own country. And also they are mentioning other interesting companies or associations from their old countries. So like if you are covering, let's say Spain, you get information about 15, 20 other companies as well. Mm. And Andres, do, do you see any specific trends, changes, differences between different nations in a small Europe? Yeah, I think um, the, the countries are still quite different. Mm -hmm. So I think it has like um, kind of cultural differences. Uh, there are some surprising similarities in some cases. So, for example, I think the attitude towards fintech is more similar uh, between Polish and Spanish people than, for example, Polish and Czech people uh, who are culturally <laughs> closer because, like, Spanish people and Polish people, they are very ambitious. They have, like, huge plans. They really want to go international. They mm -hmm. really want to make something big. Meanwhile, uh, Czech Uh, fintechs they're focusing more on crafting making the, the the solutions perfect and of course they are happy to extend to other countries but they're really focusing first on their own country or for example germany has a specialty that like it's a big country financially strong country so they are relatively happy at home so mm -hmm. uh so if they create a solution of course they want to go to international and conquer other markets as well But if it works in Germany, that's fine. Meanwhile, it's not true, for example, for a Bulgarian startup. Yeah, so it's almost uh, where you are, which it's which makes your story, your journey, almost set up in advance, right? I mean, if you if you're in a, in a, in a rather smaller country as Belgium, then then it then it's somehow a logical step that internationalization is your next step. Yes. Yes. And in some cases, it's easier. For example, for Belgian companies, it's uh, easier from the language point of view that they can get to countries and granted like France and the Netherlands. So mm -hmm. it's easier to, to cover a bigger market. Why is it complicated, for example, um, I think for Czechs that uh, to, to extend? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Well, since, since you do a lot of uh, UX, UI, what... What would be typically like uh, if you would give us your 50 cents, your a few tips to the audience, how to best improve the user journeys? What would that be? What are there specific methods that you use or like, what do we do? I think, a couple of tips. Yeah, 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 yeah. I think uh, what is uh, very important to focus on the, um, the offering, I mean, the feature set or, or or which journeys we are covering with the application, especially for new startups that, mm -hmm. uh, to, to select those features, not just on gut feeling, but to do very proper research and to understand the context. And uh, usually it's not the problem that they are missing out uh, important features, but several times they are developing unnecessary features. And especially if you are in early phase and you are short of money, mm -hmm. you really should not waste your little money on unnecessary things. I think that's very important for very good lesson for 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 startups who are starting um for bigger startups i think uh it's more important the regular testing so like to improve the the application 
but also to keep uh, the focus. For example, I think Revolut is a very good case for that. That mm-hmm. it was a very simple application. Everybody loved it. But as um, it was developing and more research was coming back with different needs and uh, and um, expectations, the the application got more fragmented because they try to cram in all the results, all the requests, all the, the needs into one application and it lost its simplicity. So now it's a kind of mess up of good features. Individual the features are quite good still, mm-hmm. but somewhat the structure and the logic got very fragmented in Revolut. So it's the UX part. Yes, yes, it's important. You see, I'm a fast learner. And <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> No, that that's great, and and it's it's interesting to have um, somebody from abroad. Although I know you're very often in the market, so yes. I would almost consider you as a as a Belgian. So don't worry. <laughs> But uh, yeah, it's it's nice to have that reflection, and and it's also helpful for other startups to 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 get that uh, feel on on how things are going somewhere else, and and what are tips and tricks that you can use at specific phases of uh, of a life cycle of a startup. Andres, if if people uh, want to contact you, for what reason should they contact you, and where do they find you? Like um, we are very easy to find uh, almost everywhere. So we are quite much on conferences uh, in the Netherlands and in Belgium and uh, in other countries as well. Uh, we have a like strong digital presence. So on our website, it's easy to contact us or LinkedIn or even email or old-fashioned phone works for us so like we really oh really uh, yeah yeah we pick up the we still pick up the phone uh, <laughs> that's very good UX. <laughs> <laughs> yes yeah. so uh, so it's easy to meet us also soon we are opening our office in amsterdam so congratulations be, thank you very much so we will be more accessible in benelux region uh, physically as well and um, yeah so so we are everywhere basically And I can confirm. <laughs> well, thank you so much, Andres, for, for sharing your insights today in this podcast. It's been a great pleasure to have you here. Also, a big thank you to Belgium Fintech for making this happen. It has been a great day with many, many podcasts already. So to the listeners also, thank you very much for staying in here. Please link up, subscribe and follow other podcasts. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thanks for listening to another episode of the Connector Podcast. To connect and keep up to date with all the latest, head over to www.jointheconnector.com or hit subscribe via your podcast streaming platform.